A million additional barrels of oil are hitting the market every day for the next six months after President Biden announced the largest release of oil reserves in history. That news grabbed the headlines this week, that along with uh, the continuous breaking news coverage of the conflict between Will Smith and Chris Rock. But you might have missed another story. Yesterday, the White House issued a statement that said, and I quote, the president will issue a directive authorizing the use of the Defense Production Act to secure American production of critical materials to bolster our clean energy economy by reducing our reliance on China and other countries for the minerals and other materials that will power our clean energy future. When we hear something like that, our thoughts immediately turn to investing. Enacting the Defense Production Act could mean a big move for domestic mining companies. We've already seen Lithium America jump more than 15% in just three days. So today on Dumb Money, how we are trading lithium and other materials used for EV batteries with the help of the Defense Production Act. We are Dumb Money. Three friends who turned $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission trading account. The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money. That's not us. Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb are dumb money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are dumb money. Welcome to dumb money live. We are back. Our spring breaks are over. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get back on track here on YouTube. By the way, it is April fool's day. And so I think the, this is the one day that I am legally allowed to invoke the defense production act myself to help wake up the YouTube algorithm. So I hereby authorize every single person watching right now to like the smash button for the YouTube algorithm. Chris, Jordan, I think if we all work together, we'll be able to uh, get enough likes. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we could even do a live chat extended remix edition today. Uh, Dave, I think <clears throat> we need to get right into disclosures before we start here, because uh, full disclosure, if you've ever watched this show, ever, you know that uh, Lithium America is my second largest mission, my, really my largest active position. Um, I own seven figures of the company in my personal account, seven figures in my charitable foundation. We've been talking about Lithium America for about a year uh, regularly on the show, but we're not financial advisors. So I want to be very careful that everyone understands that this is our trade thesis. This is how we are approaching um, this opportunity. We don't understand what your risk factors are. Uh, even if we did, we're not financial advisors. Do your own homework, do your own research and poke holes in our thesis. Let's communicate and debate this topic on the Dumb Money Discord channel, dumbmoney.tv forward slash discord. Dave, yeah, and you, you are, it's your, has, one of your biggest holdings. I am not in it currently. I was briefly and I uh, think I, it went down and then back up and kind of, I think I may have gotten out break even, but yeah, as we saw in that chart, it has been on a roll, a roller coaster, I but knew, also a roll. I knew you weren't in it, Dave, but I, I was stunned when I called Jordan, I don't know, yesterday or two days ago and found out that he wasn't because I thought that was wasn't. part of my cash raising process, market being insane. And so I chose poorly on companies to raise cash from. <laughs> yeah. Well, Except for Citibank. That was a good sell. I, I just want to say, and by the way, I, I want to also disclose that I am not caffeinated today. I felt it would be. Uh, over the top for me to have coffee and come on this episode and talk about lithium because you know how I feel about this subject matter and especially after this latest news that by the way that news article that information was actually published 
through um, lesser sources three yeah. or four days before Bloomberg. Three or four days before, in, unnamed sources inside the White House had uh, leaked that mm -hmm. to some people in the media. Uh, I saw it on Reuters, a more legitimate uh, uh, source. I think that was just yesterday that they published it. Um, but yes, it, this has been out there. If you were following deep in the uh, the clean energy world, you would have seen this news on random blogs and I, the first place I saw it was some a link that you sent me, Chris, and that was some like clean energy type website. Yeah, and they yeah, were. Yeah, I saw and, I yeah. saw something on uh, Breaking Market Nick, and so I immediately went to LAC and saw that it was up eight percent. I'm like, well, I missed it. So, and, and you know what I did, Jordan? Out. I bought more. <laughs> I bought more. I bought more LAC. Then I tweeted about it. And then I bought even more LAC, or and thank goodness I did because it just has kept on moving. Now here's the thing: let's just take a, let's just take a higher level view before we talk about this this um, <coughs> what do you want to call it mandate or or kind of government action invoking of a 50s law that has not really been widely utilized from the it was it came up in the I guess Korean War and then was used during the Cold War. And then once in the 80s, I think, but according to Wikipedia, Biden Biden has used it. This is will be his fourth time. Uh, Trump used it several times. Uh, Obama used it. So this it's becoming like a new way for presidents to just say this is we, we need this industry to cooperate and we're going to use this law to do it. And what it yeah. means for the I industries is often it was credited with uh, with kind of developing and fostering the aluminum industry in the u.s in the 50s so i kind of kind of see a parallel here where lithium and battery technology all the stuff that goes into batteries is going to become more and more important as time goes on we see the demand for the battery production is outpacing the ability to mine the stuff or get the stuff and so this i i, I think this is kind of a turning point for not just lithium america but all of these mining companies that do they're basically going to be given, you know, an incentive, government subsidies to get involved in mining here in the U.S. Yeah, all, all these critical and rare, rare earth metals. I mean, the writing could not be more on the wall. But 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 take a step back, Dave. You know, we're here in Texas, and we grew up around a lot of people that were in the street, and we have lots of friends that have family money because of the energy industry. And I, we've only made a couple small investments in the energy industry directly outside of public markets even though we're right here in dallas texas because you just had to try it at some point you know my wells were always a bust when i invested in those things but <laughs> I, I think generational opportunity is something that we hear more and more about the last few years but there really aren't that many generational opportunities um this is one that i've been watching for a couple years now studying researching talking to people that i trust in the space that are really just all in on this space constantly learning more about it every day guys when we think about the next 50 years can we all agree i mean regardless of how we feel about fossil fuels and what the phase out might or might not look like for fossil fuels we could debate whether it's a five-year phase out or a 50-year phase out or a hundred-year phase out but it's inevitable that the the, the the electrification of the earth I think at this point in time is an inevitability. Too many companies, too many governments, too much social pressure, too much generational pressure. 
It is like a huge ship that just slowly turns in the ocean. But once that ship starts that turn, there's really no turning back. And honestly, guys, like if you look at what's happened recently, not just with auto manufacturers around the world, but with essentially every major uh, mechanical, anything, anything that runs on fossil fuels now seems to have a plan to become electrified. This is, yeah. this and, is and we've seen the we've seen a, the predictions. We've seen the modeling. They're, they're saying that uh, a quarter of new vehicles sold globally will likely be electric by 2030. Uh, they're saying that EVs could account for 90% of the lithium demand by 2030. It's coming. It's here, but it's going to get bigger and more important. It, it is, and also, okay, the, the counter-argument is, because we're talking specifically right this moment, lithium, the counter-argument is that, okay, you know, lithium is essentially everywhere, there's an endless supply of it, also, there will always be new battery tech, there will always be new electrification technology and supply chain that perhaps will use less lithium or no lithium at some point in the future. But guys, I mean, when you actually dig into the research, you realize that one, I don't care how much lithium there, one, it's a matter of how dense that lithium is uh, in the ground material and how difficult it is to get approvals dependent upon the country yeah. and to actually develop a lithium plant and the technology around that. Dude, this yeah. is in many cases not I just a multi-year process. I agree with you, not process. just that. So, like, let's say that they even come out with a new technology that's better than lithium. I mean, that's so you're talking experimental phase. You know, working that all the way up to developing companies that are going to produce at a mass scale. So, basically, lithium is the best thing that we have right now that we've actually have a supply chain and manufacturing support. And so, this it's the game, right? Yeah, yeah, and and um, guys. I don't really care about 15 years down the road because that's realistically what we're probably looking at if you start really looking at the, the scalability of alternative uh, battery tech uh, to lithium. Realistically, it's probably 10 to 15 years off to meaningfully scale out those new technologies, assuming that they actually do work. Dude, we're about to enter into a decade that I think where I think the concept of you know EV supply chain rare earth minerals, all of these things that make up the new world energy supply. I, do you realize we're about to go through literally a, a revolution, right? Like we haven't seen anything like this in our lifetime. You have to go back to the 1980s, right? Of, of like oil, 80s and 90s of oil, just a massive increase in demand on fossil fuels and the wealth that that created around the world. Think about it. We have a geopolitical situation globally where many of the world's wealthiest nations are so because of their energy. Russia, imagine Russia right now without fossil fuels, right? Without this industry. Think about how this is gonna change over the next 10 years. And yet we don't hear about this every day. Is this on CNBC every day? Is it in Bloomberg? Is this in the Wall Street Journal every day? We don't even, we're barely, that news story came out a couple days ago. I tweeted about it and it was not even a blip on the radar of all the noise that we have to consume on a daily basis, even within the investment community, okay? Like, it's just mind-blowing to me the degree to which people are sleeping on this mega, massive opportunity 
in battery supply chain. Well, it is a huge opportunity, Chris, but at the same time, it's going to take a long time. Uh, to, that's to why it's an that opportunity. You realize that the entire economy runs on oil right now. And people don't like to admit that, but that is literally, it's the operating expense of America right now is oil. But Jordan, but Jordan, it's not it, just, it, it, it's it, not just for transportation. Oil is used in literally everything, right? So you, it, you have your nice polyester jacket. That thing's made out of oil, baby. It's, uh, it's not. And that will place. probably continue to be, that will continue to be, uh, 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 made from oil. But Jordan, the thing is, what I'm trying to get at here is that that's the opportunity because we are so short-sighted as investors now. I would say that we are more short-sighted in 2022 than the investment community has been at any point in my lifetime. Meaning that if if there's a huge opportunity that's five months away, no one's trading it today. There's like no one's trading it. Until we get weeks away, nobody cares. It's the wildest thing. I've never seen and, anything like it before. But I will tell you, that's one of the reasons that I sold my Lithium America is because it is so far away. And yes, it would be like investing in oil when we first figured out how to put an engine in a car, right? But yeah. it, then it took how long for that to become the, the thing driving our economy? But that's how... But situations, Dave, when you have, there's no such thing as a sure thing, first of all, let's just say that. But in my world, let's, talk, let's not talk about companies. Just the concept of battery EV supply chain is about as sh growing massively, is about as sure of a thing in my life as I have ever seen right now. In 2022, when I look at the landscape of things that I could count on the next few years, a massive increase in batter in EV supply chain is about as sure as a thing as I can see. Now, the fact that I don't know exactly when the pieces are going to come together is the opportunity because I can just stick it there and just look. It happened the last month, right? Look at Lithium America. It went from twenty three to thirty eight in a week. Is that right? A week and a half, something like that. I mean, um, but I didn't know that it was going to happen this week. It could have happened. A month but, ago, or it might not happen for two months. Right? It went from 40 down to 28 over the prior three months. So no, it, was, it was lower than 28, Dave. It was like 25, 24, 25 right there. Yeah, 24 and a half-ish. Yeah, so 24 and a half to 38 in a week. week and and a you half. were buying yes, more at that thing, point, right? Like, what is their actual, like, what is the actual, uh, you know, when, when are they actually going to go live with Nevada Mine? Right. Like, what, what are the timelines on all this stuff? Okay, so let's great, great question because we, we do talk about this sporadically through our episodes, but let's just provide a little bit of background. Lithium America, as of right at this moment, they are pretty much the only near term play when it comes to domestic, massive domestic lithium production here in the United States. So uh, they have a. But lithium they do mine own a mine in, in Argentina, is that correct? Yes, but they're. Yes, they're the there's word that they may be spinning off the Nevada one into its own stock ticker. Oh, oh, oh we'll get to that. We'll get to, but here's the important thing. They have two mines. Yes. One in Argentina, one here in Nevada. The one Nevada, here's the important thing. They have been working on getting permits at the local city, state, and federal level for nearly a decade. That's how long it takes to actually develop and get approval for a lithium mine in the United States. You talk about a barrier to entry, that's a barrier to entry. Now, here's the thing. Unless um, they, the Defense Production Act just says we're streamlining past all of the things that you were having to jump through a decade of hoops. We're going to shorten that decade down to a year. 
Okay, first of all, Dave, that's an impossibility. First of all, let me just say, the way that that act is structured today, there's nothing in it today that will really allow them to do anything other than force private companies to take government business, which doesn't really matter here, and or to provide funding to companies, right? And and that's the key. They're providing funding, but they're really not no. doing anything yet. Now, I, the, the I act think also authorizes, and we haven't seen what the president has is going to do, but other than that he's going to enact this act, but it does also give the president the ability to establish mechanisms such as regulations, orders, or agencies to allocate material services and facilities to promote the national defense. So they could okay, make fine, they could make new ordinances about all of the all of the red tape that you had to cut through in order to open yeah, your Nevada mine ten years ago that you're still working on, and they don't they haven't done anything yet. They just have the land set aside. What if what if everybody who has some land set aside is now allowed to just start drilling for lithium? Yeah, that's not going to happen. It, 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 Dave, come on, dude. You do you really? I have to that, pay. That's the, not... I have to play the uh, the devil's advocate yeah. here though because that that's a possibility. It, it there could be it new could regulations happen. that nobody knows about yet. It could happen, but I think if it happens, it will be a slight lessening of the regulatory tape, not a hey, you, you want to go start mining for no, and you saw you saw how many like environmental and and like the language yeah. that they issued in the White House release was very much this is going to be clean energy, but we're going to do it in a sustainable yeah. and earth-friendly way. So lit so lithium America for people that don't know the history here, they have they recently received approval at the state level. The only thing blocking them right now is their federal approval, which had, was was contested, okay? It was contested, so the approval is now pushed out. We all thought it was going to happen this last quarter. It's now pushed out to roughly August, okay? August is the new date, and, and every piece of research that I've seen about this contested um, kind of approval it's just a matter of time. I think there's a very small chance that we would see anything happen here that would, uh, especially with this administration, this is the one company, this is like the one area where they could actually move forward with lithium production and the government and, the, and Biden's basically saying, we wanna do whatever it takes to accelerate this. Well, there's really only one play this year where you could do that and it's Lithium America. I would be so shocked if they did anything to push this beyond August, it's certainly possible. But right now, Jordan, to answer your question, it looks like they will be able to put shovels in the ground as of the approval that should theoretically happen in August of this year. And then we are off to the races because if you look at the size of that mine, um, the size of that Thacker Pass lithium mine is unbelievably large, guys. This is the largest lithium mine in the United States. Um, there's, I, I don't want to say endless amount of lithium, but it's unreal. In fact, even beyond that mine, which they're approved for, if you look at the map of what they own um, versus where the lithium sits in Nevada, there you go. So those red areas are, are the lithium mines. The Thacker Pass, which is insanely big for lithium, they could work on it for the next decade plus, is that little, is that red patch at the very bottom. They also have all those red patches to the north that would need to go through regulatory approval. Um, but everything in the blue is where they have ownership. They have the rights to lithium. So they have rights to all of those lithium mines. This is the jackpot for lithium in North America. Not that there aren't other mines, there are, but we'll, we'll talk about them in a minute. 
when I, in fact, one of the competitors that often comes up, and I was actually having this conversation a little while ago um, with one of my friends in space. One of the competitors that comes up a bunch is a company called, sorry guys, I'm going to pull it up right here. Should have been more prepared. Um, uh, it's a company it? called it? Cyprus. Okay. So, so Cyprus, and, and I inquired about this because Cyprus, um, also has a U.S. base uh, lithium deposits, but they're in the process of going through leg regulatory legal issues uh, with water, right? With, with kind of the water rights that they have. And it's undetermined whether they'll be able to get through that or not. But I was inquiring about that. And, and one of my lithium advisors mentioned to me that the deposit that they have there at Cyprus, it's a much smaller cap stock. Um, it is one roughly 1000 ppm lithium in the clay uh whereas the lithium uh deposits in the thacker pass are at 3000 ppm so what that means is that uh this competitor cyprus would need to process three times the material to get the same amount of lithium as lithium america uh, is able to get from their uh, Thacker Pass lithium. Now that obviously adds both time and it adds expense, right? So again, these are, when you kind of lift the covers, these are some of the things that make it more difficult. And that's why I love Lithium America. They are really in the pole position here, the standalone company to benefit. Now, Dave, as you mentioned, they also have a mine in, um, Argentina. where is it? Uh, Argentina. Right. And, and and that presents an issue. They're also intermingled with some Chinese investment dollars. So there's some Chinese ownership, I believe. So what the CEO has said is that they are looking pending the approval, federal approval in August. They are looking to potentially split up the company and have a standalone U.S. base, U.S. traded, U.S. pure play in lithium. And why is that important? It's important because it will allow them to access federal funds, right, as a pure American company. And and Dave, uh, at, even as of right now, even before this enactment uh, uh, recently of this last few days with Biden, they were already in a position to fund 50 to 60 percent of all of their lithium mining and production expenses with government money through a 25 year government loan which is absolutely incredible and that was recently released in the past six months that that information um so everything is aligning here for these lithium companies it, it's like it's like it's their game to lose right <laughs> it's like the whole world what do we want we want energy independence we can't have energy independence uh to the degree that we want to have it with fossil fuels and by the way did you guys know that we were never actually energy independent with fossil fuels everybody thought we were in 2019 right remember that we're energy independent now like do you realize that that wasn't actually true and i'll explain that. to you why well jordan might know why you, jordan do you know why jordan you you're, 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 I'm sorry. So you need different types of oil for different products, right? And so the but light, not, so like but the not w just that. Yeah, Jordan, we were never even with oil alone. We weren't energy independent because the actual data that goes in to that metric includes anything that is manufactured 
as an oil byproduct. Yeah. So our entire yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, it's not industry. just that, but like WTI is really for gas. It's not really good for other things. Like it's not good for diesel. And so you need different crudes for different products. Um, and so, yeah, so basically, if you count all of our pharmaceutical sales, all of our anything, all of our plastic, yeah. anything made with plastic, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yes, theoretically, if you count all of that in the from the gross domestic product, then you could say that we were energy independent a few years ago. But when I you take that I mean, out, you actually look like at that oil. Because we're buying and selling. It's just a big market base, right? So it's not. It's not. You could maybe say the amount that we import versus the amount that we export is in balance yeah. or something like that. I wouldn't that. say independent. Say I would say independent. cost neutral. Yeah. It, but, it, but it was not, Dave. That's the thing. It was, only, it was only neutral. There was only a balance if you included all these other entry sectors. And you actually look at just fossil fuels. At the peak, we were only set. We still had a 30% deficit. Okay, at the peak. Um, so, so we do not want to have that situation when it comes to... Uh, uh, EV supply chain. We know that, right? Like we cannot be dependent upon China. We cannot be dependent upon other countries. Why? For obvious reasons, right? Obvious reasons. We can't be dependent. Don't you agree that both the Republicans- I think we are dependent for rare earths right now. We are. We're completely dependent. But I'm saying we don't yeah. want to be long-term, Jordan. Like right. over the next 20 years, we want to fix that. And I think this is truly one of those opportunities. We will look back in 10 years when all we're reading about, all we're hearing about, all we're debate, debating, it's like the one thing that everyone's talking about is how much can we do here, right? When it comes to rare, rare earth elements and battery EV supply chain, we'll think these companies are going to be trading at absolutely ridiculous levels because people will be start to become irrational about this subject matter. And so, we'll think it was so obvious. You clearly retrospect. like Lithium America, even at the $5 billion valuation, zero revenue. What other companies should we be looking at, yeah. or is it just Lithium America? Um, no, there, listen, there are a few other companies. I don't think any of them are positioned even remotely as well as uh, Lithium America. The one other that comes up quite a bit uh, is stock symbol SLI, Standard Lithium. Uh, they were the target of some short attacks recently. Uh, I don't want to really get into that storyline. Um, I think that the thing that everyone needs to understand about these mining companies, and this is something that I learned through my research, and, and I don't think you have an people have an appreciation for this unless they were around the energy. And um, These mining companies are really crude in the way that they are developed. Uh, they do a lot of stock promotion, right? They do a lot of fundraising. It's really difficult. It's, it's this is not this is a really kind of a crude industry. These guys that are going out there putting together these mining operations. So if you if you have any touch points into the energy industry, you know this is exactly the way that the energy industry has worked for the last thirty five years. It's a bunch of promoters, guys that are going out there raising money to drill oil, to explore for oil, to build out uh, wells. Uh, it's a it's a really kind of a blue collar industry, quite honestly, right? It's not as finesse. So when we think about uh, lithium mining, there there is sophisticated technology involved, but it's still kind of operating as an exploration and kind of a blue collar mining industry. There's guys out there that are trying to raise funds uh, for all these miners that are hyping all this new tech, right? As better, faster, cheaper, more efficient way to do this stuff. It's a it's a really kind of a little bit of a shady industry, 
but the entire energy industry is a shady industry globally the entire global fossil fuel industry right guys it's so shady it's so shady i mean just think about the way it operates and has operated for the past 40 50 years so i think sometimes that that's a little bit scary to investors when they look at the kind of smaller uh mining companies and the way that the management team speak uh the degree that they're trying to promote to hype their small stocks to raise financing right that's just kind of where we are. That's the stage that we're in right now. Um, listen, there's it feels really risky, and certainly with any type of reward, you're going to have to take you know, risky bets. But if that's the type of thing that scares you, um, yeah, Dave, this is a $5 billion company that has zero revenue. And theoretically, if something were to happen in August and they never get this federal approval, this company could go right it wouldn't go to zero because they have another you know they, they have other opportunities outside the u.s obviously but my goodness like this is this is theoretically a really high risk uh investment for that reason we are at the, we are like at stage one of the oil of the fossil fuel how exciting is that like how insane like we're literally here like in the first inning of the birth of the fossil fuel industry, this industry is going to go on and innovate for the next hundred years, right? Every time you talk to me about this, it makes me want to uh, invest in it more. But I, uh, something I that I want to do, guys, we're, we're just like at all-time highs, and is it going to go higher? The problem is well, like I, we have, we have with those high, with the, the chartists would... company the best thing to invest in, or, or is Dave's investment the best one? What's what's the, uh, dude? I could Jordan. Yeah, what's wrong with Tesla? Oh, oh my gosh, I, I don't so. Talk about listen. Nothing against Tesla. They're I actually I love out Tesla. manufacturing batteries, isn't it? So they're they are at the end of the supply chain. They're, look, I mean, the, the, do you get the excited? The two things about have nothing to do with each other. Or like just random mining companies? Like no, they're the worst Jordan, companies to invest in. Jordan, the two things have absolutely nothing to do with each other. And you say that they're the worst things to invest in. Yeah, they, do you they're think outperforming so, Tesla. You, they're in just a one they're year very chart. capital intensive. Right? <laughs> okay, Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Jordan, do you think investing in aluminum companies back when they were first starting was a bad fucking investment? Are you out of your mind? I don't know. I aluminum go, companies do that. Have to go back and look at the at the history. I have not studied the aluminum miners. How big so is an aluminum company today? They started at zero, right? They started at zero. So, how big do you think the electrification of the earth is going to be? Have you see, have we seen anything like this in our lifetime? The full this electrification, not, this electrification of the earth. Of the earth. This, is, this is battery storage, right? And so this is no. storing the electrical potential, and that's fine. And there could be other technologies that require yeah. different things than, than, than what lithium America's. If there's going to be public companies that you know, you know, a little bit further up the chain in actually producing the batteries, I'm just saying that like so. That there is opportunity here, and I'm not disagreeing, but it's not going to be like investing in Apple where everybody in the world knows the name. They know, you know, they, they see the products out everywhere. That's what you need, the the, the Tesla of batteries, which right now is just Tesla. I disagree. I completely invest. disagree with that. I don't think anyone needs to know the name. I don't think any, I think you're talking about two totally different things. I, listen, at the end of the day, I don't even care about Tesla. You have every automotive manufacturer in the world over the next decade is yep. going to be. 
And by the way, I want or, to say something else, guys. Or I just so, was oh, randomly this. searching to see if I could find an aluminum stock to see what it has done. It's also up 80%. So, I mean, pretty much you throw a dartboard at a, at a rare material right now. And we should just be investing. We should be, we should change this. Dave. To, we should change this to the mining, uh, the mining show. Dave, it's We're because the world is changing. That's why it's changing. And we haven't seen a change like this in our lifetime since the industrial revolution and then the technology revolution. And and these men, listen. If you talk to if you talk to Elon, that's what he's. Why do you think he cares about going to other planets? He literally sees the future of us needing so much more of this stuff, right? And because of the way that the world is changing. Um. Also, understand this. This is a very important thing to understand when it comes to investing in a lithium. So, a big bulk of the lithium industry is done under contract pricing. So, a lot of the big miners have huge contracts with Tesla, right, or with other automotive manufacturers to sell them X amount of lithium at a set price for X number of years. And that's part of how they even receive their financing. The one thing that's super unique about Lithium America is that they do not have any contract commitments, meaning that they have the opportunity to sell at this moment in time, at least 100% of their production at spot pricing. So if you believe like I do, uh, in the lithium short, uh, in the lithium supply uh, 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 short uh, gap that we're going to have, Dave. I don't know if you have that graph I sent you earlier, where it shows you the um, the expected lithium um, supply versus the demand and how that's going to have a gap over Was the next in ten a tweet years. You sent me. Yeah, yeah, but if you believe the in grip. that, maybe this the, one. Yes. Yeah, so, so okay. So that line, the line on that graph is the lithium demand right between now and 2040 the all right the unplanned versus the unplanned new supply right and and below if they kind of break up what we believe the supply is what it will be uh how it will grow and you could see that gap now this graph could be wrong right um also this graph can change and it probably will over time but i think the general uh takeaway from this graph is that we're likely to have um, an issue between supply and demand for lithium. And the beneficiaries of that will be those that are able to sell at spot pricing uh, versus those that are kind of stuck into contract pricing. So when you think about a company like Tesla, Tesla might be able to manufacture 70 or 80% of its battery under contract pricing. But if Tesla wants to grow, because Tesla doesn't know exactly how many cars it's going to produce every year, going out three, four, five, six, seven years. So they're not, they're only in a contract price for what they know they need. Um, they might end up producing anywhere between zero and 30 or 40% of their production, having to purchase spot pricing from the lithium market, right? And it'll be a balance of the two. Lithium America is beautifully suited um, to be able to sell at spot pricing, which is another reason why I love that company. Now, over time, I, I'm, I'm sure that they will probably take some contract pricing deals, but they'll hopefully they'll take them at the top end of the market um, because lithium price is peaking. It's actually plateauing right now, but it's been on quite a run. <laughs> Sorry, I guys. Just, I saw a comment. Uh, uh, your friend Dante's Trading says LA more approval. They're already fully permitted. Is that including federal? No, so so they have the federal permit. He's correct, but um, they that it was contested, right? So it's just a process, right? So it's like they have the permit. It was contested. They have to kind of go through the motions. 
of and that's kind of why this is extended out into august right and and from every from what i understand it's a mechanical thing i don't i don't foresee any issue between now and august um but who knows and it's crazy world any anything can happen but yeah technically they do have they do have their permits so um what else what else do i need to sell you on this jordan you're still not no, buying man, it. I'm just giving you a hard time. I actually think it's great. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time about it. I know, I know, I know. Um, anyway, listen. Here's the thing, guys. Uh, I felt this way for a long time. Uh, yeah. It, it, for those y'all that are not following, um, for those y'all that are not following uh, Dante on Twitter, I highly recommend you. I'll put a Twitter account here. Dante's trading. Uh, we mentioned him a couple times. Uh, he's someone I look up to uh, in the e supply chain. He tweets almost on a daily basis about this stuff. Um, but yeah, very thoughtful. Uh, and I, somebody actually in the comments asked, cause he was talking about, uh, I, you know, I've seen his tweets. He's been talking about, uh, WWR Westwater resources. Uh, yeah. a lot lately, which is something that I've been meaning to dig into. Um, I didn't know if that was just opportunistic, but it's so cheap. Um, so here's they, the I issue mean, that there, thing's gotten obliterated over the past decade. <laughs> He so so he erased his tweets. Uh, he doesn't really want to be an like an activist investor, right? So like he erased right. his tweets. Um, but you know, the, essentially what he was he had been talking to the management team, trying to give them some advice and inquiring about why they're going about things the way they are. Um, it seems like the management team has been a bit promotional. Um, these are really small companies, and like I said, like I, I think that's the risk factor more than anything else. The risk factor is in lack of talent uh at some at some of these companies and from everything that i've seen the team at lithium america uh we um has kind of separated themselves from some of the other uh smaller miners in the space and i think they are going to be in a place to capitalize they're just there's a, a pure play theoretically about to become a pure play humongous u.s based lithium miner right that has already gone through the entire permitting process which cannot you just can't state enough about that moat that moat is so big it's absolutely insane um and here they are sitting on one of the largest if not the largest lithium mine in north america like could you ask for more as a pure play in this space um we have a government situation where they're theoretically not just going to get 50 to 60 percent of their capital straight from the government to expand and grow but with this latest mandate, this latest, what are you calling it, Dave? What is it called? It's an act. It's a law. An act. The latest act, I could it's invoking see a the national production. I could see a situation, quite honestly, where they're just getting funding thrown at them, just absolutely thrown at them from. Because when the government looks around and they realize, you know, where the alternatives are in this space, they're going to see Lithium America. They're just in. They're in the sweet spot. Uh, and they're the ones that can actually act and help bring that e-supply chain to the U.S. quicker than anyone else, at least on the lithium side. And also, there's a lot of speculation that LAC might decide to actually build out their own battery uh, supply chain tech as well. They're in Nevada. Uh, I don't think that that is that far-fetched. Uh, and that could add quite a bit of opportunity uh, and additional uh top end uh, to the equity. So I'm in Lithium America. I have been all year. I add on every dip. I literally add on every dip and I add on every positive news. So if there's any new information that comes to light, such as this week, I add. Uh, if the stock drops and it drops for a reason that is unsubstantiated, 
which is what I thought happened the last time it dropped to 23 bucks a share. What did I do, Dave? I bought. I said, I'm like, I don't care. There's no reason why it should have dropped. It dropped in sympathy with the market. It should have been going up that whole time it dropped. It was re absolutely ridiculous for it to drop to 23, the first time it dropped to 20. And I buy on those dips because the news keeps getting better. There's no reason for that stock to drop. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I, I, I see this as becoming a larger and larger, potentially unhealthy, unhealthily large part of my portfolio over time. And that's why we have talked about it so often and why we're, we're giving it yet another episode today. Um, our, our longest we'll episode probably about a single stock. <laughs> All right, do we have anything else on this or do we want to just maybe talk talk to our people and get some uh, Q&A? Yeah, I mean, uh, nothing else in this. I do want to say something, uh, and I know we can't talk about today. Um, there are some absolutely amazing things happening in the NFT space. And uh, I, 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 listen, there are, can we do an episode like Monday or Tuesday on this? Cause like, we just have to, uh, yeah. I'm making some moves in the Not NFT Tuesday. space. I think are, I think are some of the most exciting we have, we have moves I've Wednesday. seen Wednesday. So NFT episode coming up on Wednesday, uh, just a, a sneak peek teaser to that. Uh, I'm going all in on the Yuga Labs uh, metaverse play, and there's a number of ways to do that. It's called the other. Uh, I also went in pretty large on uh, Azuki this last week. I won't say any more because I know people that love equities hate NFTs. Uh, but well, that episode that that that, that episode right. is coming up next week. That, guys. We'll do that next week. While we're talking about house cleaning uh, type measures, I do want to mention that there are a ton of imposter accounts. Jinx mentioned here. Watch for the fake Dave accounts on Instagram. There's another one on Twitter. There's at least two on Instagram right now. They basically copy my thumbnail or my my profile picture and all of my content repost it and then like follow everybody that follows me so that they can try to sell you something. Don't fall for it. I will not reach out to anyone telling you that I have a great investing opportunity. They've sent me screenshots. I won't do any of that. Okay. So, uh, don't follow a fake Dave, only the real Dave. And you can go to uh, DaveHanson.com for links to all of my actual socials, but they're all at Dave Hanson spelled properly with no punctuation or at, Hey there, Dave here. Spell properly, no, no punctuation. Gotcha. That's all I had to say on Thanks, that. Dave. All right. Do you have any other uh, any other uh, comments that you saw that you wanted to respond to? Well, I haven't even really looked at comments. I've just been talking. Sorry about that. I, I listen. But here's the thing, guys. We just don't come across these types of opportunities very often. We just don't. Like the world doesn't change every three months, dude. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like it just doesn't. Okay, so here's one. And Are you uh, any any concern about next week's FOMC minutes? I, you know, I'm getting any bald. thoughts. So any... I, I I I'm still partially hedged, guys. Uh, I took some of my hedge off, but I'm still partially hedged, and I still do have a uh, uh, I would say a moderate hedge via SPY and QQ short position. Um, that's taking some of the pain away if we get a massive drawdown in the market. But I do like what happened this last week with Russia. We should have done an episode on that. I mean, the second that I saw Russia come out and when their when their uh, general basically came out and said that we had completed the first stage of, of the operation and now we're moving to focus on Eastern Ukraine, I was like, wait, what? Dude, this thing is over. This thing is over. I mean, it's not over, obviously, right? But I mean, what I think of as being the worst case scenario it's, that I was so concerned over. about. 
I feel and that's the biggest problem, right? So it's not it's not let over. Me be, they're still shelling. They're still, the worst, they're still ridiculous. What I'm saying, George, the worst case scenario that I was worried about globally for financial markets, I felt like that worst of all worst case scenarios, I feel like that was coming to an end because yeah. now it, it will become a bit more regionalized. I'm not saying, dude, it's still horrific, absolutely horrific for both the Russian and Ukrainian people. Yeah. Um, from a pure financial viewpoint, um, the big concern. The problem I think, for the market is that that's not the biggest reason the market's been down. So it's not the war, it's the economy and interest rates it, and inflation. Agree, agree, but it was kind of that one more thing that was yeah, going it, to yeah, have an right. added pressure on supply, right? On supply chain and energy, right? Because energy, as you know, like, it's just a massive, massive driver for this market, and for energy to be spiking to, you know, having oil at one hundred and twenty dollars a barrel is the very last thing that we needed, <clears throat> right? With what was happening, yeah. so if we could even get just a slight relief here, uh, down to more moderate levels, I feel that kind of leaves some of the pressure. So, Jordan, I mean, what do you think? Like, like in terms of, uh, you know, what, 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 what's the risk here? Everyone's talking about recession, right? Everyone's talking about a massive drawdown still. Like, what, what Yeah, are... I don't know about this. So I'm not going to predict a recession or anything like that. But the problem is you've got, you know, from what I've been reading, you've got basically impossible comps coming out of COVID. And so you had a huge acceleration. You had um, basically helicopter money going to everybody's bank account. And that gets that just goes away right now. Um, and so you're going to have really tough compares for you know, anywhere where consumers spend money. And so um, that's why you're seeing like Restoration Hardware freaked out the other day. Um, did, you, did you hear about that conference call? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the CEO uh -huh. was basically going on and being like, you know, basically just freaking out about the entire economy, about um, supply chain shortages, about uh, the consumer being in, in rough shape. I mean, it was, I think that's, uh, that's the big, that's the big fear, right? Is that okay. you, know, you, you, you just had all this growth and now the growth stops. It's not like, I don't think we're decelerating, but we're just not continuing the growth. And I think that's freaking people out. Well, we saw it in housing starts, right? And like, by the way, right. that's that that was a red flag for restoration hardware, right? Because like restoration hardware, housing starts, like that goes hand in hand because people are having to fill, you know, new houses with furniture. By the way, equally bad, if not worse for Wayfair. Wayfair has been in the absolute dumps. And yeah. that's another company that's just... I said this, they have to be destroyed right now between supply chain. You think Restoration yeah. Hardware is having a difficulty with supply chain? Well, they're selling sofas for $15,000. They could probably handle a little bit of additional, a lot of additional, right, transport costs. Imagine Wayfair, they're selling they're selling a sofa that looks just like that for yeah. $700. I mean, how do they even operate right now? I don't even know. Like, the Wayfair model is completely broken, right? Like, I don't get it. I don't get how they're surviving this. Um, yeah. Uh, also, a lot of a lot of questions uh, in the comments wondering uh, why Jordan is uh, outside and wearing sunglasses. Are you on the run? Are you? Uh... <laughs> no, I'm just I'm mildly hungover, and I I feel I feel okay out here. What did you do last night, Thursday? Man, I just, yeah, it was just a random Thursday. I don't know. I just had some drinks. at home. I don't know. You, were you huh? were you grilling and boozing? Grilling and boozing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just nice outside. I'm like, oh, I'll have some drinks. And now I'm like, oh, drinks. <laughs> no more. I know what it, it was that grill, man. You get that grill going. Yeah. Yeah, you lose all is. track of time. 
Uh, what do you think about the uh, yield curve inversion? That sounds like a question that you have no answer for. <laughs> I could care less, man. I could care less, dude. I could uh, care less about the yield curve conversion. Um, honestly, if we hit a recession, if we have a market pullback, uh, I'm prepared for it. Uh, I'm, I'm not overly concerned. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like this is the year to trade with leverage. All my leverage is gone. In fact, I have negative leverage with a with a hedge across my account, right? Between call it between fifteen and forty percent of my account at any point in time is being hedge. So bring it on, right? You know, bring on the recession uh, as long as it doesn't mess too much with my uh, my JPEG investments. Don't don't bring uh, it on too much. But you're not prepared at least. <laughs> Are you mainly hedged because well, of China lockdowns or geopolitical put that on or the inflation? <laughs> Wait, what did you say, George? Like Chris. I said, I'm not rooting for a recession like Chris. So, you know. I'm not so. rooting for it, dude. I'm just saying you have to be prepared. As an investor, Dave, you're asking why? All of the above. That's the thing. I do not want to spend my days kind of figuring out if the yield curve inversion or supply chain issues or inflation you know being miscalculated right it, it is going to come back and haunt us when some report comes out next week like that is not something that i want to spend my life doing yeah. and i'm not going to do it i'm not going to so and i think there's enough dave out here <clears throat> to worry about that you just have to be cautious and and normally we climb a wall of worry right we've always said that in the market and that might be what happens this year but there are, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, listen, don't you also think coming out, fully coming out of the pandemic, we've been saying this for a year now, right? It hasn't happened yet. But what if it actually happens the next five, six months? If we actually start to fully come out of the pandemic? I'll, I'll remind you that savings and, and uh, uh, balance sheets at the personal level are still pretty good. Okay. Remember when we went back to the pandemic and stimulus, the majority of that stimulus was not spent. It was either used to save or to pay off debt. And I always said that we were going to go through not a multi-month, but a multi-year cycle of us now dipping back into our debt, uh, which is what we're starting to see. But that doesn't just get happen over a few months. That could happen over a couple of years. So as we come out of the pandemic and people start to spend on travel and services, right? I, dude, there's still a lot of money floating around. We all know this, right? It, it's still a lot floating around. All right, we have uh, so a couple of questions asking for uh, our performances year to date, while this market just got crushed. Yeah, not 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 mine's not mine's not terrible. If you include my JPEGs. Uh, <laughs> If, 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 and I will include my JPEGs when I release that because it's a it's a meaningful part of my portfolio now. Uh, it's coming. We will release it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I will. I, I we can. I, I have it. one JPEG worth anything, and I haven't uh, figured out what the value on that is. But uh, I can tell you that. Did you update, buy that board ape yet, Dave? Like I told you. No, so. I did not buy a board ape yet. What? No. I, I was sure. My pep talk got you to buy. I know. It. We really we we got really close to me pulling the trigger on a board ape, but I didn't do it. <laughs> Uh, I, I bought. I think if you've got that know, much I crypto, bought... like screw it, you should just have it, right? That's my. That's my, I don't have that much crypto because I don't care about it. But if you yeah. do care about it and you've got the crypto, just buy the ape. Yeah, I bought two mutants this week, Dave. I bought one yesterday, one the day before, I think, and I'm probably gonna buy one more day. So I'm I'm going to have 
Uh, I I will have four. I will have one eight four mute. Uh, and I, the reason why I'm stacking the is in anticipation of an impending new on the Yuga Labs metaverse, where if you own any of those assets, you're going to get basically airdropped land. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about that more next next Wednesday. But I should buy um, board apes quickly. How much are they now? Uh, like a hundred. Like they're gone up a little bit, you got it. but not much. One eleven ETH from one. Yeah. The cheapest one was at one oh four. Now the cheapest one's one eleven. But you wouldn't have bought the one oh four. The one that was at one oh four was really nasty. So you're probably going to end up <laughs> spending like between one fifteen and one twenty five for what you like. Yeah. Uh, that's the way it always is. So why does David David Yadagarian says Chris disagree with you, brother? People are behind on car payments. Now people are in extreme debt. I, I don't think the data shows that, uh, and can barely afford meat at the gro. I mean, I when you say that people can barely afford meat at the grocery store, I, I know it, sometimes it feels like that. But does so does Chris? The so like you've got two different scenarios going on now, right? So you've got a certain population that's making more, that's got more in savings, but you've also got a segment of the population that's being so that that has no savings. They've got yeah. no investments, and so they haven't and benefited in that. And they're and not they did not get a wage increase. Everything is more yeah. expensive. Yeah, everything is more uh, expensive. Are those people? So there uh, Dave, is, yeah, Jordan. The Jordan, of... I, I'm talking about. I'm talking about all the people on average. Is what I'm talking about. That's all that really matters. No, I'm just talking. Investor, so you right? can't average people. There's no average person. There's segments of population. There's different uh, demographics um, that you know some benefit and some don't. And there are a lot of people that really hurt. Uh, throughout you, this pandemic. You, you, you can look at averages and means. You absolutely you have to. You have to. Um, uh, if you're trying to no, figure I think, out... No, I don't think it's how... beneficial to look at averages. Right? I mean, averages are so deceiving. Um, well, that's why we mean, have medians. That's why look we have... Mean, then. That's why we break things down into different population segments. That's why there's demography. That's why, I mean, that's... Well, 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 well that's fine, but I'm still going to look at... I'm still going to look at the numbers uh, consolidated, right? Like, I'm, I, I... If you tell me that there's... Five percent of the people are worse off, but forty percent have tons of excess um, no, it, it, uh, it availability of debt. You're investing, Chris. So, like, basically, what it means is that you know, so like, uh, like staple type companies that people have to purchase things like food and you know um, that those things are going to be fine, but th that's eating up the excess and the extra savings from being able to go towards more discretionary type spending, right? And so that but should Jordan, inform it, it, your investment if the decisions. Average, if the average person had uh, in debt of $2,800 or, or whatever, right, before stimulus, and right now in April of 2022, the average person has $1,800 of debt, right? Like, that's a could, that means there's more money to be spent, not less. That means that there's actually more capital uh, av available for people to dip into, to take vacations, to buy goods, to buy steaks, whatever it happens to be. All I'm saying is, I think no, we've seen a sudden... No, it doesn't inform you at all. What I'm saying is it doesn't inform you because there are certain people that have that saved, but there's a lot of people that don't, and those people are pinched harder than they've been pinched before. And so both okay, but I need to know in aggregate how many are in each not be able to group spend on discretionary spending. Yeah. How and many are in each group? It looks like people like the average person has more money, but yet 50% of the population has no excess in their budget I, because they're spending I'm telling all their money you that on the I thought... gas and on the food and all yeah, these things it, that it, they have to have to survive. Just the mm -hmm. fact that inflation is at like record high rate of increase shows you that the if not the average the uh the the median person has more, but there's everybody on the other side of that that 
median dividing line, right? And so you have less people, even though the average is higher, you have less people with discretionary income. I can't remember what the mode is. What's the mean? I know the mean and median. What's the mode? <laughs> Jordan, I, but I was, again, I'm trying to pull up what I saw, but I saw something this week that personal balance sheets right now are still healthy. They're not, yeah, not healthy. If you right average now. it, if you average it, but there are a ton of people. Well, you could always find that. a ton of people to fit any argument you want to find. Like at any point in history, I could find some people that are doing terrible are and some people that are doing that. great. You are correct about that. There's lies, damn lies, and statistics. You agree yeah, I mean, like, I, I but we need to. Averages is harmful. I'm saying on the balance, we need to understand. <laughs> You're saying on the, average. And I'm arguing. Forget about average. the word average. You're arguing right. about this for hours. There's no reason to keep going <laughs> okay. on. Okay, the mode is the most frequently more. repeated number in the series. So what's the mode here? That's that's what we need to know. <laughs> oh my god. I just had to, I just had to go I back to I elementary the uh, newest, uh, math the class. The answer to he said it's the most recurrent set. So there you go. I, I, I knew Google as soon before. as I used the word average, Jordan was going to destroy me. I knew it. I should never, <laughs> never have let the word average come out of my mouth. Anyway, um, whatever. I, I, I believe, and I don't have the data in front of me to back this up, but, but I believe uh, that we are still in a relatively uh, good position. Now, I will say there was an article I, I read this morning on the trans, on the kind of trans, I guess, transport sector. These would be uh, drivers, essentially, which is a huge sector of the economy. And they are looking at the, they're, they're basically predicting a recession happening to that sector, where, the, as we know, that sector went through a major boom. And what they were looking at was a fascinating piece of data. It was the, the rejection rate of bids. Because the rejection rate of bids, meaning the the number percentage of of projects where these shippers were turning down the job, had decreased from something like sixteen percent to thirteen percent, and I think as of this last couple weeks, it's down to like eleven point eight percent, meaning that they're rejecting less and less deals, which means they are not in a situation where they have so much ample demand for their services where they can just reject a lot of the deals if they're not optimal, right, for their workforce. So that's an interesting stat that's basically saying we're going in a direction to where maybe, maybe we have these companies have kind of on the supply chain have built up too quickly and they're starting to invest too heavily in the supply chain that if when it starts to back off at all, that we might actually see a recession in that industry, which I think could have all kinds of impacts on different parts of the supply chain. Pedro's Airbnbs are more booked than ever. Events there you go. Booming. That's all you need to know. Oh, I, I, I do want to pull up. Uh, I was before with this episode started, I pulled up some graphs on like I, I hit like Jamaica Hotel, Mexico Hotel, stuff like that. They're all up. Airbnb, just in general, Dave, Airbnb, just 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 the G, G trend search traffic looks really good still on Airbnb. <clears throat> and, and these charts look way better when they're global and not based on US data. So the US, as we all know, we've been doing stuff, we've been traveling, we kind of came out of this a little bit quicker, at least parts of the US, than most of the world. Now that other parts of the world are finally starting to come out of their house and do stuff, I think we see a massive, massive uptick, as I've been saying for months, uh, with global travel. 
Yeah, Airbnb looks solid there. Look at it. But also, Dave, if you look at the peak of those peaks, they they don't happen in March, I don't think. Like that was June, right? Last year. February and June. It looks like June. Yeah, this this so one's March, that... February, March, right here. That's a spring break, I guess. And June. June seems to be the highest peaks. Yeah. And so if we we're have one back in... here at March, like last year, they were they were the same. But let's let's go back like 2019, <clears throat> June, June, July, way big, bigger than February, March. Hotel prices are through the roof. I live at the coast, and they've tripled over the last two months. Not only are the hotel prices up, but they're booked. You know why? Because people's personal balance sheets are in good shape. That's why. They're We're spending spend it all crazy the hotel, money. Now, I told you, I went to this Hill Country Resort in San Antonio, and they were they were charging $23 for a hamburger. $23. At <laughs> a resort? That's a bargain. <laughs> no, it's not. Right, so... It's insane. $23 for a burger? I, I almost... That's not... Yeah, we... And you got to buy the fries a la carte. Like, it was... I think we're going to increase our pricing at our restaurant. We we, we try not to because yeah. we want to be like a neighborhood place. Like even if everyone else is increasing their pricing, we try not to increase our pricing. But we just have to. At some point, we have to. And every restaurant I go to, it it's like stunning. I'm like, dude, did you redo your menu again this week? Because like it's so insane how high pricing has gotten at restaurants. Yeah. But you have to. Not only are food prices up. But it's it's really difficult to hire good staff. Like like even uh, kitchen workers right now. I heard um, I heard something about my manager saying that he's speaking to people, and in in some cases it's up thirty percent some of the rates on some types. Well, of yeah, dude, workers. they got to pay their gas. They've got everything. Everything's getting more expensive for everybody, so they gotta they gotta make more money. Yeah, seven dollar gas in California. Again, I'm gonna take it Are back. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah, over seven? seven. I spoke to someone yesterday that told me. Uh, they saw like seven dollar and twenty cent gas. In, in For one all you California uh, people, I filled up yesterday at three fifty five. Not too bad. Not too bad. You know. But still, going back to our episode topic, dude. This period of time, no matter what happens next year, this period of time is going to have a lasting impact on the way people think about filling up their cars with gas. Right? Like you know, this has happened in the past. You have a prolonged period of time where <laughs> gas shoots up. And people are like, screw it. I'm not going to be at risk for that again. I'm getting an EV for my next car. And it's a huge tailwind for Tesla, all the other manufacturers that are in EVs, and I think mostly um, supply chain. I'm so, not looking forward to filling up the boat, Chris. I just, I just pulled it in the driveway, and I'm like, that's oh, going to be a $200 fill up. <laughs> that's going to kill you. That is absolutely <laughs> going to kill you. Um, all right, guys, what else? Any other questions here? Average really is six any. bucks a gallon. Easy, absolutely. Three fifty-five at uh, Halls down the street. Every four-star hotel in Maui, they're saying, is nine hundred a night. Yeah, Hawaii. Has so when I stayed, the, I, I was in a, I was in Maui. What when I got married? So like nine or ten years ago. I don't one. Four seasons, four, right? But but it, four seasons, and that was nine hundred dollars. Then I can't imagine what it is okay. now. I stayed that four seasons for four hundred a night on our honeymoon. What? You, you paid nine hundred. I, I let's see what it is right now. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna pull it up, dude. That's I'm a great hotel, by the way. No, but the rooms don't have any views of the beach. The rooms are very blah, dude. Like the rooms uh, themselves no, no, my, are not we great. We had a beach view. We had a beach view in our room. I think that's why it was 900. R really? You had a yeah. We had a beach not view. Not many of those. Um, You're fancy. Yeah. Fancy. Um, I'm gonna check rates right. What do you think they're at right now, George? If I, I'll just say for I'm the month guess 1, of July. A night. 1200 for, a night. All right, month. Okay. 
month of July. Doing? Which part are you searching? I'm doing the Four Seasons Maui. Four se uh, I'm going to just say from the 17th of July to the 20th. But now that I've got kids, I would not go to the Four Seasons. I would go next door to that. Is it a, what is it that's next door that has the awesome water oh, park? Oh, yeah, today? the Grand Wailea with, with the outdoor yes. uh, uh, water park. Okay, kids, ready, Jordan? How much? How much do you think it is? How much do you think it is? Cheapest room, Garden View. Garden View, sixteen sixty-three for the Garden oh. View. Yeah, sixteen sixty-three. Oh my goodness! Dude, that doesn't surprise me. I was assuming. It, I'm surprised it's not even higher than that, honestly. And by the way, I don't think well, summer is that. That's not really high season for them either, dude. That's like, isn't that low season for Hawaii summertime? Is it? I think so. I went in June, um, so. Uh, will it be any hype IPOs this year? Oh, dude, we need to talk about Dutch Bros. <laughs> we missed it. We talked about it every episode, how we were going to go all in on Dutch Bros of the at the 14th of March. And what did we do the 14th of March? We didn't. We totally forgot about it. I don't know what we were doing, but we forgot about it. And, man, did it pop. Well, it's dropped a little bit. You can get in. It's down. It, it has. It has dropped. It has dropped. It's dropped some. It yeah, went. It's... Oh man! It went all the way up to sixty-six. It did drop to fifty-five. So there's an opportunity. Well, yeah. I might get in, the, in get in the Dutch Bros. I already have some, but I, I spent so much money money on Lithium America this last week. Yeah, I, I can't buy. It. I can't buy <laughs> all else. of your money is in Lithium right now. No, I mean also um, JPEGs, dude. So oh, yes, you're you're some, a big time JPEG collector. Yeah, I've been transferring uh, more money into Coinbase too, than into my wallet to prepare for some of these purchases. So going all in on Yuga Labs. I need to see what, right, what else my uh, what my my board my CryptoPunk the floor price the floor, is I think it's no. two thirty. Would you pay one seventy? Ross just got a Rivian. That's cool. I think those things are awesome. That's my favorite EV right now, is the Rivian, I think. Not my favorite EV person, stock. Though? I have not seen, have one, seen one in person. person. I would really like to. What is it, Richard, what does it drive like? Is it, uh, <laughs> good luck on those JPEGs. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, CryptoPunks are off. What's Apes are down about 1% in the past 24 hours, but up 18% in 14 days. That's pretty good. I think the floor on punks are like 220, right, Dave? 220, 220. Uh, yep. Oh. You look at it in US dollars. <clears throat> dollars. That, that makes way. 235. Yeah, you paid like 178, right? Or 180 or yeah. something like that? We've had this this little run up here. I like yeah, it. And because Ethereum has gone up, it's just the ETH has gone yeah, yeah. up. Yeah. So you would have been fine if you were just ETH. Yeah, the they're, they're down in Ethereum, they're up in dollars. Yeah, I am impressed that, you know, like Dutch Bros really did not sell off on the lockup unless unless people kind of just didn't sell off quickly, but now they're selling off. Because that, that's a pretty big drop from 68 to 55. I'd be up for, I'm going to keep an eye on it. I might, I might buy more Dutch Bros, but I only have so much yeah, money. It was, it was the 14th that they uh, that the lockup happened. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So... Looks like it hit a low on the 14th and then going Okay, up. so uh, people are asking what happens to LAC shares if there's a split. And I think it's almost definite they will split the company in two once they receive approval, if they receive approval, uh, or once they get through this contested permitting situation. Uh, it's very simple. They'll just split the company in two. You'll get shares of both. And theoretically, 
uh, it's not a positive or negative event. It's more of a mechanical transactional event. So, you know, if they were to value the U.S. and the Argentinian company about the same, then you would get equal amount of shares in each, and it'd be the ETH be worth half what it, what the Americas. That. But I think in it, it doesn't it seem like any type of transaction that happens right now just is always a positive one because of the irrationality yeah. and the way it's oh it's a, it's a lower dollar price so let's bid it up I mean that Amazon split it's ridiculous dude oh we also have the new Tesla split have you heard about the uh, the Tesla dividend split no they're What's doing that? a um, they've announced that they they've I think they've asked the SEC if they can do a uh, dividend split. Um, at their shareholder meeting to increase the number of authorized shares in order to enable the stock split. The biggest thing about the split, especially for like a Tesla, is that it makes the options more liquid, right? And so, and that's what everybody's buying. They're not buying stock. You don't don't buy stock. There's no boomers. Boomers buy stock. (laughs) All the new kids just buy options. Oh, how about this? Uh, How about the GameStop AMC? Specifically the AMC. I'm kind of like... On one hand, oh, they're just, they're buying gold. Well, they know they news? didn't just buy a gold miner. He basically came out and said that he's going to start buying all kinds of weird stuff now. Yeah. So they're uh, what's going to happen is I think AMC is going to turn into a speculative holding company, which quite honestly it probably needs to do because there's you just cannot value it as a movie theater chain. Like there's zero chance that company is going to generate enough revenue. And income to substantiate this sort of equity growth, um, but okay, if you want to make a fund out of it, that kind of makes more sense, right? Just have everybody throwing money at a crazy CEO who's going to do all types of speculative investments, what he claims to be undervalued ventures, right? Like, yeah. I actually kind of i I would appreciate that more than a ridiculous valuation on a movie theater chain, which is just obscene. Well, it sounds like they're just formalizing what they actually are. They're just becoming the meme stock that their investors want them to be. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. And they're still not both GameStop and AMC trade basically right in parallel with each other. It looks like over the past three months, I put the uh, SPY on this chart too, just so you could what what the normal average of the stock market kind of is, and and what's going on with GameStop and AMC. No, I'm not interested. Well. And yeah, Alex R. Don't you know the Batman screen is not is not a good uh, I don't know benchmark for it's that's an anomaly of a movie. Right? What's that? He's like, oh, the bat the ben- the Batman screening was full in the middle of the week. Oh, like, yeah, but yeah. it's Batman. You know, I wouldn't use that. They're not a movie theater the they, they they are a they're a entertainment meme stock that happens to operate movie theaters on the side. Do people yeah. still go to movie theaters? I mean, yes, people do, but Some. I I don't. I haven't been to one in five years. And I was a big fan of movie theaters back at, at one point in my life. Yeah. But I just have no desire at all to go see a movie in that environment anymore. It just doesn't do yeah. anything for me. I'm, I'm completely done, except every once in a while it's like a novelty to do with our kids to go out and see a movie, but it's kind of annoying um, it's kind of fun because you just—it's like going to a concert or something. But it's certainly no yeah. longer a regular thing that you do. Um, there's just no looking back on that. It's that's not going to change. It's we're done. Movie theaters are changed forever. You'll still go out to see big movies. Some 
portion of the population is still going to go to movie theaters and other big parts of the population are going to go to them way less often than they eat. And I don't think that's changed. The fact that AMC meme stock it kind of makes me, but I made a lot of money in it at a, at a time, <laughs> but yeah. I have no interest in the company or the CEO. I mean, just look at how GameStop, much money you could have on the made other hand, and lost playing. I mean, GameStop though. is trying to do some really kind of interesting stuff. I, I always said they should become a digital platform company, and they're trying. it looks like they're trying to become that now. Uh, they might end up becoming some sort of NFT marketplace. Too little, too late? Maybe, though. I just I don't know if GameStop has the will have the following a year from now when a lot of these products are coming out. People might not care about GameStop like they did a year ago. Might be too little, too late. Uh, OpenSea allowing NFT purchase with credit cards. It, we all kind of knew it was coming. It's fine and it's good. Uh, Coinbase is going to allow credit cards. So yeah, credit cards. It, it's. I don't think it's that big of a game changer. It's going to bring some more liquidity into the market. I still think we're going through a consolidation, creative destruction stage of the NFT sector that is going to get really ugly for most NFTs. And I'm long on a few projects, but short on everything else in the NFT space. And I think it's a really dangerous place to be right now, honestly. Even though I'm putting money in it, I'm being really careful with how I allocate dollars into the space. No plans for the original Dumb Money channel because that's about early stage investing and we're just not doing that much early stage investing right now. We made some really big bets, concentrated. <clears throat> I think if we I ever got back in, uh, into as early stage as, as we were. my wire next week. Wait, what, you Jordan? Are? Your wire for what? I said, I'm, I'm investing in an early stage. Going to send my wire in next week. What company is this? I tried to tell you about it and you've blown me off like five times now. So I'm not going to tell you. Oh my God. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You're totally right. I mean, I didn't blow you off. I just said I'm interested, but then you didn't fall back to actually. No, I literally called you like, like I, like this was the last time I called you like literally four times, four months ago <laughs> to tell you about it. Can we talk about it right after we shut off this episode? Can you do it right now? Sure. Like after this? Yeah. Well, let's do it. I mean, should we talk about it on the air some or no? You can. <laughs> All right. Well, what I is it? I don't know. If, yeah, what is it? So you don't, have to, you don't have to tell buddy, us the so name of the... Uh, remember, I don't know if I should say his name or not. On Just say his first name. Just, do don't we need to switch name. over Make to the old name. channel where that's what we, what we did? <laughs> well, I mean, I just haven't... So, like, I signed, like, an NDA. Oh, know, if you have an NDA. So, like, I don't know how much I can talk about it. Oh. Well, just don't talk about any proprietary information. That, didn't say I have not signed an NDA in like 10 years. He made you sign I, an well, NDA? Well, it was just like, so they make it easy now with the data room on uh, Carta. They just click and say, okay, fine. Just to get the documents. Like, my, I won't that, that's a red flag to me. If you're making me sign an NDA, I may not want to invest in No, so I can tell you guys about it. Okay, so okay. Him, so we'll it. turn off in a second and we'll hear yeah. about this. Investment. Oh, how's the ice cream shop going? Uh, ice cream shop is going really well. We are really close to breaking ground uh on bleaker street and lafayette uh our new york ice cream shop we are really close to forming a really big partnership that will allow anybody in the united states to experience the product uh i can't wait to talk more about it it's been a lot of work uh we are going to i'm going to austin next week to take some meetings for it with uh the team that works uh with mr uh Jimmy. Uh, so there, there's just a lot of stuff in the works right now for the ice cream shop. 
nothing will happen before June or July this summer. So you'll get to experience it firsthand in July. Pretty excited though, a lot of good stuff. That would be one reason that the original Dumb Money channel should have continued because then we could have had the Dylan LeMay collab. We could have, and we still can because there's really like, it would have been pretty boring up until this point, but once we actually are moving and grooving with the New York store, constru you know, the construction's about to start, we could do that if we you should want have just, to do we that. We should have we just could. switched it all to uh, YouTube Shorts. What do you mean? Like, oh. Like Dylan style. Like, do his style content. Instead of trying to make these entire, like, well-done produced episodes, we should just do, like, 60-second little updates. These aren't well-done episodes. I mean, you you are well-done, Dave. <laughs> no, our original episodes I'm on the, the original channel. When we were actually, oh, yeah, yeah. When we actually were well, well uh, produced and edited. Uh, I'm not going to ATX, uh, Rick House, but we will be, I will be at uh, VCon. VCon, I'll, I'll be there. You're going to, uh, to sure. Bitcoin? Or isn't that one in, in uh, Miami coming up? I don't do that stuff, man. I don't, I just, I'm going to do VCon because I'm there for a few meetings. But the all these NFT and Bitcoin and crypto conferences, I have really no interest in those. I, I follow them on Twitter and Discord, and I watch Instagram, and I see the pictures and what people are doing. And it kind of just seems like one random parade of people going around to parties and stuff and, like, pop-up events. I just no interest. Um, all right, guys. We're out. We'll see you on Wednesday. Uh, I actually do have what I think will be a really meaningful NFT episode on Wednesday. I think this is a moment. Uh, in NFT, and I can't wait to talk about it. So, we will see you then. Subscribe, turn on the bell if you haven't already. Like this if you haven't. Like, uh, we still have uh, almost 260 likes. Let's just get a few more likes on your way out the door, and we will be. Oh, and hey there, Dave here. New video posted yesterday. If you like credit cards at all, if you like crypto at all, I've got both of those things in one massively uh, long, in depth video about credit cards. So, uh, youtube.com slash hey there, Dave here. And uh, that's it. We'll see you next time.